Hi, everyone. This is Tech in the City from MediaWorks Studio Network, a podcast about tech, business, and everything in between. I'm your host, Yvonne Pilon. You may know me as the girl who, like many, is missing the hidden magic of business travel and Porter Airlines free drinks and cookies. But while we await a safe return to the world of traveling, there's always Airbnb's free Zoom backgrounds to make calls a little bit more delightful. For all the latest local tech news, make sure to follow the Tech in the City hashtag on all social media platforms or sign up for the WeTech Alliance monthly Tech It Out newsletter. Today, I am joined by Samir Mansour, founder of the first prototype and 2020 G20 YEA Canadian delegate and Megan Visset, bilingual government relations specialist as futurepreneur and Sherpa for the Canadian G20 YEA Canadian delegation. Samir and Megan, thank you both. Merci beaucoup for joining me in studio today. And we've got Megan on Zoom and I'm joined in person here with Samir. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Yvonne, for the invitation. It's Great so, to be here. We've spent, and we're going to get into it, but we spent probably literally two days together, bright and early, virtually. But <laughs> why we're here today is to talk about an important topic, one that I know both of you are passionate about, entrepreneurship. But also to recap this virtual experience we just all had, the 2020 G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance Summit that just concluded, hosted by Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So, Megan, you can see us. We have the beautiful Riyadh, Saudi Arabia in our background right now. (laughs) As part of the summit, 48 of the nation's best and brightest young entrepreneurs were selected to represent Canada, including uh, Samir and myself. And this was the first ever digital summit. And over the course of two days, uh, local and global speakers took the stage. They shared insights and learnings and expertise focused on the summit's theme, entrepreneurship as a source of innovation and resilience, as well as exploring the role that entrepreneurship will play in building an inclusive, sustainable economic recovery post-COVID-19. So young entrepreneurs joined from literally across the globe to learn from each other, network, to build their business, expand their businesses, and more importantly, unite their voices in an urgent call to action for the G20 leader. So that pretty puts us a good solid foundation going into this conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to get both of you just to briefly introduce yourselves um, and the companies or organizations you represent. So I'm going to pass it over to Samir to start. Hey, thank you so much for that really nice introduction, Yvonne. He giggled. He giggled when I said (laughs) Porter Airlines, free drinks and cookies. Shout out to Porter. (laughs) I I love budget airlines. (laughs) It's my life. (laughs) I love it too. Um, I wanted to begin by acknowledging that we are meeting on Aboriginal land that was inhabited by Indigenous people from the beginning. And as settlers, we are very grateful for the opportunity to meet here. And we thank all the generations of people that came before us who have taken care of this land for thousands of years. Since we're in Windsor, uh, I would like to acknowledge the traditional territory of the Atavandaran, uh, the Anishinaabeg, and the Haudenosaunee people. Um, hopefully, I didn't butcher the, the names. Um, so I am Samer Mansour, and uh, thank you for listening, everyone out there. I graduated from the University of Texas at Dallas with an engineering degree. And uh, I now live in the city of roses <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> and, the, and Canada's automotive capital. I founded uh, the first prototype uh, quite a while ago, the firstprototype.com. It specializes in mobile app development. And we have over 30 published iOS and Android apps with over 100 deployments. 
uh, for clients in three different countries for now. And uh, we saw one of our apps hit top five on the iOS app store in the utilities category and now has over two million downloads. Mm -hmm. It's been a really exciting journey. And, you know, that's me. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and Megan, yourself. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is uh, Megan Vizet. I'm the government relations specialist at uh, Futurepreneur Canada, as well as the G20YA Canadian Sherpa and Marketing Committee Chair. Um, so what does it mean to be a Sherpa or even a government relations specialist at Futurepreneur? So I um, help uh, Futurepreneur Canada get in touch with governments as we are a national nonprofit that supports young entrepreneurs between the ages of 18 and 39 to launch their businesses with collateral free financing as well as mentorship and wraparound support. Uh, some of that programming support includes the G20YA in which we enable then entrepreneurs who might be at a different stage of their launching um, stream to explore international markets, but also have their voices heard on international platforms such as the G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance, which is uh, the engagement group for young entrepreneurs of the G20 celebrations yearly. Wonderful. Um, before you know, we we did the you know the two day summit. There was an opportunity for the forty eight Canadian delegates to meet, and I remember we all were introducing which province we're from, and, and more importantly, what city we're from. And to my surprise, um, you know, that never usually happens that there's another person saying hello. My name is X, and I'm from Windsor, Ontario. And to my surprise, um, uh, again, I, I think I had the biggest smile. Uh, Samir was uh, was on there saying he was from Windsor. So. Samir, it's so wonderful. Not only were again, are you you know you're here in the Rose City as you said earlier, but you're a tech entrepreneur. And and in fact, if you obviously you know now the role that I play, and it's just been such a serendipitous meeting. So what brought you uh, to Windsor? Yes, it's been it's been really really crazy. Especially like when I found out, I was super excited too. So I moved uh, to Windsor in August. I had just finished uh, two years of renting my mini. Toronto home <laughs> and I was looking for a place to move and so I decided to visit Windsor and you know just um, because I had also recently gotten a client who's one of their head offices in Windsor and so I was like you know let me just come and explore the place it uh, you know I've heard some stuff about it I knew that it was near Detroit so I had like you know a slight negative thought about Windsor because I was like oh you know Detroit <laughs> and everything but then I came here and I was so surprised it is definitely one of the best places to live in in canada and i'm so surprised that it hasn't turned into toronto because it is the warmest place in canada it is so beautiful we have like 200 parks and there's so much wow. stuff to do outdoors we have the tip of canada which is so beautiful by itself there's so many places to camp and just so much stuff to do i think uh and you know this is probably something i'm going to talk about later too is like windsor has a great opportunity for tourism there's I don't know, 6 million people in Toronto and they have nowhere to go because of this whole blockage. Windsor is the best place to, for you guys to come visit. <laughs> we right have now. seen quite a few tourists come down from from the area. I think, uh, unfortunately, our tourist industry has been hit hard with the border being closed. But Samir, had you have a chance? Have you had a chance to visit Detroit yet? Yes. Okay, good. Because yes. um, yes. I do know when I travel up the 401, we do get that Detroit. And then when they go there and they see the actual tech hub that it's become, 
and the arts culture food scene it's in fact it's been kind of the hardest thing about the border being closed in addition to having family over there <laughs> but not being able to to go out and and really embrace that culture and again it's slowly kind of coming over to this side but obviously it's a much bigger city so yeah. it's so good to hear to hear and again this is not a sponsored ad from from tourism <laughs> this is literally real <laughs> grassroots conversation so um, let's get into the G20 Alliance. So I guess it's probably important for us to kind of talk about the genesis of the organization and what the network looks like today. So Megan, I'm going to ask you to answer that question. For sure. So actually, the, the G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance uh, really originated from um, discussions around 2008. There was a G8 meeting in Italy. Um, and some of the stakeholders present there started talking about the importance of entrepreneurship, specifically youth entrepreneurship, um, in terms of the global challenges that G20 countries are facing, well, in this case, G8 countries. And then the conversation kind of uh, continued on um, in, its, in its way um, um, when in 2010 or so, Canada was actually hosting the G20 summit. And at the time, um, uh, Prime Minister uh, Harper at the time um, reached out to uh, what was huge at the time, uh, the uh, Council for um, Young Business uh, Foundation, uh, or the Council of Young Business Foundation. Anyway, CY CYBF uh, was the previous name of Futurepreneur. Yes, I remember um, that. Exactly. And so took on sort of this role of organizing uh, summits on the sideline of the actual G20 summit that would engage young entrepreneurs and what their input would be to global challenges faced by um, G20 countries. And Amongst those, um, you had other national organizations that came together um, among the G20 member countries and um, kind of in the realization that there were like three common needs that both developed and developing countries that make up the G20 uh, alliance face. So one of them being um, you have to develop the economy while also finding ways to engage a growing young population. That's more for developing countries, I'd say but you also have to um, revitalize growth uh, for mature economy with uh, uh, aging population, and then also accelerate innovation to address social and environmental challenges that those economies are facing. So then with that realization came the idea that entrepreneurship is at the heart of community vibrancy, as well as economic growth. It creates employment, it creates innovation, also, more of a decentralized economic growth for economies that might have been more vertical or hierarchical, so difficulties to pierce into, into the economy, right? Um, so then with that, five priorities came about, and that's some sort of the first gist that came out of this 2010 summit, which started this whole adventure for the G20 Entrepreneurs Alliance, and that is access to financing, uh, collaboration and support, entrepreneurial culture, uh, regulations and taxes, as well as education and skills building. So today, what does it look like? We have around, I'd say, 16 active member organizations uh, out of 20. Um, all of those members are national organizations that have relationship with their governments or have the actual uh, cross-border footprints to support um, their entrepreneurs, either in launching businesses or enhancing entrepreneur entrepreneurial culture and access. Um, and they themselves, then we meet every month as a steering committee um, to, to come about with the discussions for the summit. And we engage with government, um, with our delegation. 
And if I'm not mistaken, the last number I saw was the actual G20YEA network is in alumni is about 500,000 young entrepreneurs and business leaders. Is that correct, Megan? So 500,000 would be the reach that all those organizations gotcha. together have. In terms of delegation, you're talking of about uh, 500 or so entrepreneurs each year for the last 10 years. So the number of actual alumni is perhaps a little smaller, but the actual network that those organizations bring to the table can probably be in the ballpark. I guess I should have done the math before I asked that question. (laughs) No, no, no. I I knew I didn't hear that. You know what? We are a powerful group, all of us and then on who we represent. So let's get into the takeaways. So um, we, we, we all woke up really early and, and luckily we weren't on the Vancouver coast for those that had to wake up at 3, 4 a.m. But we literally traveled um, 11,000 kilometers from Windsor to Riyadh. I, I did the math. Um, mm-hmm. But so Samir, uh, what were some of your takeaways and learnings? And, and it was a business development opportunity. So um, curious, what were, what were your, some of your takeaways? This is a loaded question. And honestly, <laughs> any amount that I speak about it would be a disservice because it was, you know, two packed days of really mm-hmm. good, you know, like lessons and people that we talked to, people that we, you know, got to hear from. And, you know, I'll, I'll just like start. I, I took down notes for this. Uh, so, you know, it was it was a great opportunity to hear from a lot of people. Uh, it, the first one that, you know, that I was really amazed by was, uh, this guy, uh, his name is Sean Dune. He uh, he was on the Accenture panel and he spoke about mm-hmm. how his startup uh, became a three billion dollar company in just the pandemic. And so everyone around the world generally has seen this pandemic as like this, you know, devastating thing. But, you know, some people out there have taken this as an opportunity to grow. And so it was great to see how much of a an impact you can create. And this was he wasn't selling pandemic items, you know, pandemic goods. It was, I believe, an edutech uh, company. And so that was that was great. And then um, we got to hear about, you know, the, the different effects that government policies get to have and uh, in the entrepreneurial impact panel. And then at the uh, panel where about building entrepreneurial ecosystems, we got to hear Dan speak about it and how they, they spoke about how there is no one size or one style fits all in any society. Everyone has to build their own entrepreneurial ecosystem in a totally different way, which, which, you know, it's, it's a really good point. And, uh, to have, you know, people in charge of the communicate, put that forward in front of different governments was, I think pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and then we had, you know, the unlocking VCs panel. We had some really good VCs over there. And they were talking about. I really enjoyed that panel. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, they were talking about how they have challenges too, you know, and they're trying uh, to enable diversity in within their, uh, you know, the startups that they help out. And so, like, that was a really good insight to have. And then um, we also got to hear <clears throat> our fierce and talented Canadian delegate Steph Limage, who rockstar, up- <laughs> rockstar Steph. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who uh, who spoke at the. Uh, the social entrepreneurship vitality panel and that was Mm -hmm. really really good and you know pretty impactful words that she had over there uh and then i I couldn't hear all the panels because obviously there were two tracks and uh however i think that futurepreneur did an amazing job not just getting us together but one of the most impactful things was 
all these side events that we had where we were networking with the other countries, delegates. And this was not organized by the G20 Saudi Arabia. It was, you know, the Futurepreneur crew and especially Megan. Uh, thank you so much. And the impact of TCS or Trade Commissioner Services. I was blown mm-hmm. away how amazing this is. And like, it's it's a facet that entre- young entrepreneurs have no clue about. You know, they don't know that the country really wants you to succeed. Like if you're doing pretty well, you know, you don't need to invest as much in marketing because your country is going to do it for you. And so that was pretty amazing. I think, you mm-hmm. know, it was really awesome experience overall. That was um, on the trade commissioner side. And, and I think, too, I sat on that that group of delegates kind of in a different position where I spent 10 years on the support side. So, you know, like another right. support agency for futurepreneurs. So for me, one of the revelations was I think a lot of the delegates had no idea of the resources available, whether they were futurepreneur right. and mm-hmm. the trade commissioners or the various other support networks like the regional innovation center, specifically in the province. So uh, there's so much support for entrepreneurs. And that's what I think it was a beautiful thing to see is the network that you attached all these people to um, to really expand their businesses. And as we know, we need to look at, I think one of the stats we saw in the first Trade Commissioner presentation is Canada really is, you know, 0.5% of the, the global economy, right? So we have to look at other regions to grow. Uh, the other big thing and any time I'm with like-minded people is you're not alone sometimes in smaller regions. You feel like you're the only person that cares about these things or, you know, so to surround yourself with like-minded pe- people is amazing. And to your VC point, and even to Windsor, right, is we're not known to be an entrepreneurial hub or a tech innovation hub. But what you saw from the VC panel was that you don't need to be Silicon Valley. You don't need to be these large regions to do great things and have great entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So um, again, I really loved it. So Megan, I want to move to you because uh, A, you can love to know your kind of takeaways, but also you used to attend this in person. So last year was in Fukuoka, Japan. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Um, right. So you've experienced multiple countries before. And obviously, like I think we all can say we miss, we wish we could have been there in person. In-person networking is, is hard to duplicate virtually. But what were your thoughts and takeaways, Megan? Yeah, that's a very that's a very good question. And, and actually, it was my predecessor um, who, who actually went to Fukuoka last year. Um, but it definitely, like in terms of reporting the experiences of entrepreneurs last year to this year, it's been fairly amazing to see that even in a digital remote context, there's still been, you know, uh, silver lining or at least a certain impact for everybody on the delegation, which was at the end of the day, our main goal was what can you get out of this international conference really, right? Because the summit is all about those speakers that come together, um, who give really interesting perspective, but how can you engage and include the entrepreneurs that, you know, some of the most brilliant entrepreneurs in your country for them to have a voice and for them to benefit from this experience Mm -hmm. remotely, right? I think that was like the main challenge we had to fairly quickly discuss when when the whole pandemic came down a few a few months ago another thing and i i imagine we're all going to agree on this but you left that really feeling so proud of our country for what what we've been able to do for entrepreneurship the inclusivity you know our our really friendly immigration policies like for me it was kind of a moment to reflect on on how wonderful we are as a country in supporting entrepreneurship. So I'm seeing both of you nod. So I think that means <laughs> right, right. I think I think I think it's a fair point. Obviously, we're not there yet, right? As yep. a as a country, but I think if we 
insert ourselves in the international context for sure we've done great advancements definitely but there's so many things to still you know address within barriers to financing within just having access to decision making tables or inclusion of underserved communities in in canada as well right i mean even as futurepreneur this is something that we had targeted youth as but in our discussions as well with the trade commissioner services and global affairs this is all also overarching their inclusive uh, trade agenda, right? And making sure women are included, mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurs from BIPOC communities, specifically indigenous and black entrepreneurs, LGBTQ plus entrepreneurs, yes. entrepreneurs with disabilities, right? There's a whole sort of spectrum of involvement we could push even further, which when you're in a context of 20 different politics and culture yes. might be a bit challenging to do, right? So. And that's a great segue, Megan, into kind of the other important element of this G20 YEA, which is a, commun- a communique. Um, and this mm-hmm. really is the kind of final document that gets presented to the G20 leaders. And and this is not just developed, um, you know, out of nowhere. It's, you know, global surveys, interviewing young entrepreneurs. So, Megan, what uh, if you maybe you can shed light some of the top recommendations that will be put forward uh, for the G20 leaders in the upcoming uh, G20 summit? For sure. So um, the actual process of the communique, so the, the drafting of the communique, just to give a bit of context, this starts, you know, a few months before the actual summit, and um, several leaders across the table at the G20 YEA sit down and sort of figure out which of the country have more experience or expertise on so and so topic, right? So one of the topics in which Dan and myself, on behalf of Futurepreneur, had more to say was obviously inclusive financing or diversifying financing for for entrepreneurship, but we were also included across the board in in the different topics. So um, there was also a global survey that came out this summer, and I think it's one of the first times that the Alliance actually actively reached out uh, specifically in in the challenge of COVID-19 and resilience and adaptation, but we got almost 200 responses across G20 countries of young entrepreneurs between the ages of 18 to 40, um, who would talk about how COVID-19 has affected them and what kinds of government support help them or no government support help them, right? So um, so in this, in this context, the main uh, recommendations that came out of the communique that were signed on Friday were um, finance, so access to uh, finance specifically for women entrepreneurs as well, but youth entrepreneurship as a whole, um, diversifying finance as well, um, the second topic was um, education. So making sure that there is opportunities for entrepreneurs to upskill and get the education they need, not at a later stage into their entrepreneurial endeavor, but very much so at the school level or at the very beginning. Um, there was also topics about including green economy topics in education, in national uh, curriculums, right? So that when you think about entrepreneurship, you also have a mindset for those kind of uh, exchanges, right? Third one was obviously, so as I mentioned, sustainable economy. So making sure that there are incentives, regulatory or otherwise, for young entrepreneurs to actually invest in companies that lower their carbon emissions or lower their emission or their sustainable footprint in some way. Um, Fourth one is addressing trade barriers. So as you know, um, it's quite challenging as an SME to actually access 
or cross-border trade. Um, there are many ways in which we could enable uh, that support to happen, and one of which the DG20YE supports has been proposed by the B20, as well as the business group at the OECD, which is a glo global value chain task force, um, which um, I, I won't necessarily talk too much about this, but would entail more um, transparency and efficiency in terms of looking at your financial um, accuracy as, as a company when you're doing cross-border trade, so enabling your cross-border trade potential. And then uh, last but not least is um, enabling uh, economic and social resilience through digitalization. So this is a topic that our Chinese friends, for example, were very much vocal about, and that included access to, um, you know, cybersecurity threat readiness for governments, but also the business community. And then um, something that we actually also talk in our own backyard is the actual access to internet. Which we, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The digital divide that exists within regions across Canada is crazy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's also part of the whole conversation because you can't digitalize anything if you don't even have access access to a good internet connection or even internet lines, right? So so that kind of like is a, a wrap of, of the kinds of recommendations that we're put forth. And it was an exciting moment when you saw it was again, we don't take we don't take photos. We take Zoom screenshots um, <laughs> yes. of all of the uh, G20YEA members signing the communique. And I believe, Megan, that will be posted online um, on the G20YEA website. Will that also be on the Futurepreneur website if anyone were interested in learning about those recommendations? So I'd say the, the fastest way to gain information about the G20YEA communique is you go on G20YEA.com. This is where you'll have all the information about G20YA. Um, I'd say on Futurepreneur's um, uh, sort of platform, you'll have more information if you yourself want to be involved as a Canadian delegate um, or you want to hear, hear more uh, and how you can get involved and, and who are our delegates this year too. Definitely. Maybe, well, I'll just kind of expand on that and then I'll move back to Samir. But uh, on the topic of Futurepreneur, you, you have a, a lot of programs available um, for young entrepreneurs. And I'm happy to say that I even fall under the word young as 36 year old <laughs> woman, yes. which is wonderful. Uh, but uh, again, it, is it, is it uh, www.futurepreneur.ca or .com? .ca. .ca. Yeah. Lots of programs available. I know you also lead Global Entrepreneurship Week. So it's a great mm -hmm. um, uh, resource for young entrepreneurs across the country. And Megan, for those who are interested in taking part in, in this next year, and um, it is tentatively, I guess, well, not tentative, whether it's going to be digital or in person, it's in, uh, it's in Italy. So how does yes. someone prepare to potentially, you know, if they want to think about being applying to the G20YA next year, what should they be thinking about and how can they prepare? Mm -hmm. That's a good question, because with the digital context, it means we've been also able to widen sort of our recruitment framework for the delegations, right? Uh, in the past, we'd probably focus more on companies that have a minimum at least of two years in operation and high growth potential, at least a certain level of revenues that would enable them to more, more have a more fulfilling experience in exploring trade and networking opportunities. Um, but this year, as you can tell, we have a variety of entrepreneurs. We have um, some of them have just come out of an incubator. Um, we have an, a 19-year-old entrepreneur who started her business, I think, a year ago. So um, I think in terms of preparation, most of the um, um, eligibility criteria are on our website. So if you go into futurepreneur.ca 
click into um, our initiatives, G20YEA, you'll be able to find all of that more, I'd say admin information that is needed. Uh, but in terms of preparation, and you've been through that, uh, Samir and, and Yvonne, you've, you've actually been through the process of, you know, um, uh, presenting your organization, who you are, what's your, in, what's your footprint in the entrepreneurial community, how do you want to make a change for the entrepreneurial community, what will be your recommendations for the government, this year was specific to COVID-19 resilience and innovation. Um, but I'm pretty sure next year is probably still going to be revolving around that, um, you know, to be, to be fair. Um, yeah, you're, you're probably then, very right. <laughs> <laughs> We're just laughing exactly. over here. Um, and just in general, like showcasing the ways in which you are interested in international exploration. So are you, do you have a certain level of readiness for international growth? Um, it's important to showcase that into your application because um, the, input to participate in the delegation is threefold. Do you have, um, you want to be uh, a global change leader, right? You, you want to have a voice on the policy making table. Um, but you also want to do international networking and partaking to this great community. And then lastly, you also want to explore international trade and unlock your potential as a local organization, right? So that's, I would say that's the, the main uh, advice I'd give. Wonderful. And again, I guess uh, Samir and myself might be able to give you some hints to to uh, mm-hmm. to, what, to what to put up. But uh, um, it's been amazing. You know, the role of the G20 YEA delegate, it doesn't really stop after the two day. I know we've got some activities. And what's been interesting is literally like seeing your LinkedIn connections completely increase. And it's awesome mm-hmm. because they're from everywhere. Um, I know we've got a WhatsApp group. We've got uh, Discord, Slack. Um, you know, how, Samir, how do you, how will you plan to kind of carry the torch forward, um, as kind of a delegate of the G20YEA? That's a great question. So even without being a delegate, I realized that being who I am, being from the family that I was born in, being, uh, not being disabled, I have a lot of privileges, you know, and being a person of privilege, I feel like I owe it to other people to help them with knowledge, with skill, you know, with resources and just advice. And so, you know, I hope to organize and speak with people, especially from minorities and uh, students, especially in Windsor, because they shouldn't feel like they have to leave Windsor to like a bigger city like Toronto or like Vancouver and things like that. You know, there is so much opportunity right here. And so, like they need to start looking at the opportunities here. Generally, when you have immigrants coming from different countries, they start businesses like no other. And you're like, whoa, you know, this place is flourishing. Like uh, this street was did not have that many people walking. Mm-hmm. Now there's so many people walking on the street, which is great. It's always a good sign. And so generally the way the thing happens is that when you look at it from an outsider perspective, when you look outside the box, you see all these different opportunities. And so just like inspiring people to start thinking differently and looking at opportunities within their houses, you know, I, and then also for advice, the advice that I have uh, for young entrepreneurs is, you know, just keep trying. Don't give up. It's, it's never too late to start and it's never too early to start either. 
uh, as she mentioned, you know, the 19-year-old entrepreneur, Galia, Galia Mansour? Or Galia, <laughs> Galia. Yeah, yes. she started her first business at 13, actually. Mm-hmm. And this is her second business that she started, I think, a year ago. And she's actually competing yeah. for another competition, too. So, like, it really is never too late to start, never too early to start. And, you know, I'm sure every one of you out there who's listening has an idea that you want to start, but you just think that you will start it later or tomorrow or when you meet the right person to partner with. But no, like, go out and do it today. You know, there's uh, a famous person who said, you know, yesterday you said today, today you're saying tomorrow don't let your dreams be dreams just do it <laughs> yeah yes to so steal yeah, nike's advice. slogan just do it yeah it was sheila above <laughs> no it, it's so true and, and like i said i i think that's great insight and i think there is it, it can be scary at first but there are so many support groups and and organizations like futurepreneur and and in windsor's case there's probably four to five organizations that are there to guide you and 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 Samir, I, 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 I and again, we're just getting to know each other, but I've seen in your in your LinkedIn in your bio, you're you're an active mentor for first robotics. And I think just to back about, you know, move and carrying the torch is that's something we all can do is, you know, just to be there, to listen, to mentor and to really, you know, spotlight the the next generation of entrepreneurs. Uh, Megan, do you have any other insight? I know your work your work with entrepreneurs literally like you're you know all day, every day. So any other <laughs> advice for young entrepreneurs out there? I'd say that, um, as you mentioned, there, there are many resources, right? I think one of the main takeaways in hearing from my colleagues who themselves work on the, on the front, right, with, with the entrepreneurs, my, my role is more on a government relations building role. So I, I do get to meet amazing entrepreneurs, specifically in the, in the context of the delegation this year. But for my colleagues who are day-to-day with their entrepreneurs, who are looking to access capital with Futurepreneur, for example, um, it's, um, I think the main um, sort of uh, takeaway I'd say is um, there's importance put on your drive, but also in general financial literacy in Canada, I think is another important point. So make sure that you have resources in hand, that you have the knowledge that you've done your research when you go and you know seek out support from organizations such as Futurepreneur. Um, just as a as a side note, Futurepreneur uh, provides so those are non uh, collateral loans, which um, most commercial lenders wouldn't necessarily be able to provide a high risk loan to a young entrepreneur that doesn't have collateral. So, understanding that there is this resource available in the ecosystem is very important as well for young entrepreneurs who might think, oh, well, I can't access capital at my bank um, or I can't access investments, then my idea can just, you know, go in the drain, like it's fine, I'll just I'll just do something else. There's actually a lot of resources out there, including Futurepreneur and, and access to the mentorship program with that financing program that, that we pair together. So thank you. There's there's one more point. Yeah. There's even a, the starter company plus grant, like you get $5,000 from the government yeah, for an there's, idea there's a lot <laughs> there's no country that does that guys <laughs> this is the country if you're in canada you are lucky five thousand dollars from the government for an idea <laughs> so one of the last questions we ask our podcast guests is kind of your you know we call it the 2020 we're going to change it to 2021 moonshot idea but this really is your big hairy audacious goal 
for entrepreneur entrepreneurship in Canada. So I'm going to start with Samir. What would your big goal be for our country and young entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship? So I have uh, been in contact with a lot of technology directors, and I personally think that there's a lot of value in investing in automation. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad for people. People's jobs get lost. Uh, but one of the clients that I worked with, he mentioned how just cutting down the number of calls that they get for customer service would save them a billion dollars. So if they mm-hmm. reduce their number of calls by 10%, they would save a billion dollars. So he had $1 billion in budget, you know, and that was a billion dollars a year. He had a, a billion dollar budget to cut this 10% down, you know, and uh, there was actually a company, a huge company in uh, Toronto that has some, you know, such type of automation uh, solutions that help such companies out. So, I mean, that's also why I'm a strong believer in the universal basic income, because I feel like it's a necessity and, you know, uh, especially to reduce the economic gap, but more importantly, to help entrepreneurs succeed, you know, because they feel like they have that um, that gap, you know, they don't, they don't have to worry about food or rent and things like that. I think that for the future, it is a necessity and it's like the movement is growing in so many different countries, especially Korea. I think uh, th- it's going to be on the table for their next election mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Thank you. And Megan, what would your big, hairy, audacious goal be? I think um, it's probably very much related to what the mission of the G20YEA is at the end of the day is to have this sort of global platform where in a multi-sectoral context, multinational, you know, uh, various experiences, entrepreneurs are able to connect amongst themselves to respond to gaps in their services and their society. Like you wouldn't imagine some of the connection, even from the last few years, the Canadian delegation have created, and I've seen this this year, even in just in our Canadian delegation. And I think Yvonne and Samir, you're a good example because, you know, you gathered together, you didn't know each other in the same sort yeah, of we're best friends. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but I think is to to have this sort of digital capacity in which, uh, and it doesn't exist as far as I know, and we're trying to work towards that as the, as the G20YA uh, Alliance, is to have this digital capacity so that entrepreneurs can actually pair amongst themselves on certain topics, on certain gaps, on certain demands and needs that uh, their communities are having. So I think that's probably my, my moonshot. <laughs> well, project. I love it. I love it. It's a great, it's a great uh, a goal to, 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 look, to look to. So Megan, I know uh, Samir and I are both so grateful for you. And it's been really interesting. You know, when you think of the word Sherpa, I think most people <laughs> think of like Nepal and in climbing Everest. Um, but this has been, you have been so amazing to my ourselves and to the 46 thank other you. young entrepreneurs so mm-hmm. uh, again a big thank you to megan our superstar sherpa for the g20 uh ya and also <laughs> we know that you work uh with an amazing group so a big shout out to dan and mika who literally mm-hmm. like again the amount of work that went on behind scenes um again i i, I know they really earned some sleep after that those two days um in Definitely. the entire f- futurepreneur team like i said i i, I totally you know when we there's always a few faces we get to see but knowing there's you know support right. from from your leadership and your mentors and the government so thank mm-hmm. you uh megan and and samir um samir pardon me uh 
I am so glad we had a chance to meet and thank you for for saying yes to a stranger technically to come <laughs> to come onto the podcast but I can assure you you will love Windsor even more after getting to know myself and some of our team so we're already Megan you'll be pleased to know we're already plugging Samir into our tech ecosystem here so Amazing. Um, as I That's said on great. our on our recap call um, it's been one of the the really beautiful blessings of this in addition to a lot more so Thank you both. Um, so this concludes another episode of Tech in the City. A big thank you to producer Rob. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. So until next time, stay healthy, wash your hands, wear a mask, and keep on innovating. <laughs>